Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Warriors This Week. Shot clock down to 10. Cool dribble drive to Thompson in the corner. He'll launch with five and for three and say goodnight. Now, here's Sean Dickinson. All right, welcome in. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. It's Warriors This Week here on a Saturday. All-Star Break Edition on 95.7 The Game. Whitey, how you doing, my man? Good to be with you. Good. I, you know, the Warriors could use some help in the backcourt. I don't know how much of the celebrity game you saw yesterday, but that Guillermo, I mean, he's... he's... <laughs> Quick first step. Good shot. He'll run an offense, you know, get you into your offense, and then get his shot blocked by Carlos Boozer. But uh, And the Ruffles four-point line, I don't know, J.D. It's a fun weekend, but it's not really basketball. So I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy the all-star celebrity thing yesterday and the and the, the activities tonight. But I'm really looking forward to when the games actually start again next week. Well, and, and really not a, a Warrior flavor or feel to it at all, with, with Steph obviously being injured but, but not playing in the game and the Warriors without a, a rising star either, yeah. which is a little bit surprising, something that I had – not really thought about, and then Jonathan Kaminga didn't even make the game, which is a little bit odd, but I think it also is somewhat of a testament to how the league views Jonathan Kaminga versus how Jonathan Kaminga is viewed in the Bay Area Uh among Warrior fans. And so the Warriors find themselves at the All-Star break at 29 and 29 with 24 games to go. They're 22 and 7 at home. They're 7 and 22 on the road. They've got 12 home to go, 12 on the road to go, and uh, just... Unable still to find any momentum. We don't know when Steph Curry's going to return. Since we last spoke, Whitey, the Warriors went through with the Wiseman for Gary Payton the second deal, mm-hmm. even with the failed physical, even without any additional compensation, which we had obviously discussed that that wasn't going to be possible to get any additional compensation. We'll see what happens with the league as far as potential ramifications against the Blazers. But again, that's not going to benefit the Warriors. So now they're, they're in a holding pattern. They're waiting for GP2. They're waiting for Steph. And they're still in that glut 
of mediocrity, ninth in the West with now 24 games to go, and other teams at the deadline, yes, and potentially via the buyout market, getting better. Yeah, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was in for Mark Willard and Dibs, and I were talking about the the All Star announcements of who's going to be in the competitions and everything. And Dibs said, "Wow, this this might be." When was the last time the Warriors didn't have any representatives? And I thought, well, maybe you know that that year that you and I. Uh, we're first doing everything that dreadful season, the pandemic year. I thought maybe that you know they didn't have anybody then, but they did have. Pascal was in the Rising Stars Challenge at that time, so uh, this is a really rare for the Warriors not to have any representation in the All Star Weekend. Uh, to your point about the upgrades from other teams, I mean I'm sure you've seen them. You know Phoenix is playing pretty well even without Durant, and the Clippers right now. I like the moves they made. And they're playing well if they can keep their two guys on the floor, which is a, a, a obviously always a big question. I think the Clippers are poised to make a move in the West. Yeah, and the Warriors still they, they find themselves stunted by one bad stretch, seemingly, in, in every game that does them in, whether it's the five- to six-minute drought in the fourth quarter, which has been prevalent the last couple of weeks. It was the end of the third quarter in the game against the Clippers this week as the Warriors trying to build momentum. They're able to beat the Wizards. Can they get to 30 and The third 28? quarter used to be the Warriors' quarter. Used to be the Warriors' quarter, but not in L.A. Kawhi Leonard goes off, and the scoring droughts for, for the Warriors have been problematic in a lot of these games where they haven't been able to, to build any momentum. But still, as this team heads into the break, the, the Big conversation is about defense, first and foremost, point of attack, on-ball defense, which is leading to a lot of breakdowns in a lot of different areas. I know the Warriors were hopeful that Gary Payton II would come in and just nip that right away, and we don't know when he's going to be available, although the Warriors did go through with that trade that Mm -hmm. uh, we talked a lot about on last week's show. I I don't think I would have done it. Uh, I think the Warriors should probably be scrutinized more so Based on Peyton's availability, when you accept an injured player, to me it's less about the Wiseman component to it than the Peyton being healthy component to it. Like he, If he's healthy, I'm, I'm willing to write off, okay, the Wiseman deal didn't work and you've got a player that you know can fit in your system and be successful. But at the moment in which you know he's injured and can't play – and has been an injury-prone player the last couple of years, even during his time with the Warriors, it gives me a little bit of pause moving forward that he just may not be able to help a lot. Well, you're right. If he is able to get on the floor, he directly addresses your biggest need right now, which we've talked about and we all know, uh, on-the-ball defense. But who knows what his status is going to be going forward. So to me, I think... One of the reasons it's difficult for the Warriors, like Steve Kerr was on with Damon and Ratto, it's challenging for the Warriors to publicly explain this move because I think a big part of it was the financial consideration, which is understandable if you take an objective view of it, but it's obviously it's <laughs> it's a difficult sell PR wise that yeah, he was our second pick, but you know what? We, we had to we're paying so much against the luxury tax we had to free up some money I think that's a huge part of it in addition to what you get out of Peyton um but they just ran out of time on James Wiseman who as we all know by the way had a decent game in his debut with the Pistons to me it was it's not fair to judge him too harshly because that was only his fifth game since Christmas but to me you know 11 and five and 23 minutes 
Uh, they lost, and he had some moments where he took some bad shots and looked a little lost. And to me, it's like, that's him. That's James. That's what he is. It, it was the exact line that I think Warrior fans would have loved for him to have with regularity on the Warriors, playing that 20 to 24 minutes. All right, help them score it a little bit. He was a minus nine. I know you don't love the the, the one game, <laughs> small sample size, plus minus numbers, and and that's fair. Well, wasn't that pretty much his rookie year? Eleven and five. Ele- and, yeah, eleven yeah. and five, and and a whole lot of losing. Yeah, and, and a whole lot of you know, negative minutes on the floor because of his inability to to defend. And I, I think it, in a nutshell, speaks to the bigger issue that the Warriors had at the beginning of this year, and it's it's maybe the biggest reason there are twenty nine and twenty nine. And it was the overvaluing of the young players' ability to bridge the gap and help this team now while also developing toward the future. Wiseman was part of it. Kaminga wasn't playing a lot at the beginning of the year. Moses Moody has never really found any traction. And I think the Warriors believed they had legitimate 8-9-10, 7-8-9 players on their roster that you could pencil in, and the reality is they didn't have that, and the starters were coasting a little bit, as we've talked about a lot, and they've never really been able to make up for that with any kind of significant run. I think 10-4 and is their best 14-game stretch, and that was when things got really bad at 3-7, and and the veterans, I think, gathered and said, we got to make a run to keep this season from from getting away completely. Steve Kerr completely stopped playing the young players at that point in time. And then everybody got hurt, and and so they got to 13-11, and 11, and really for the last two months the Warriors have been living in this, well, Curry's been out, and Wiggins has been out, and now Curry's back, and then Wiggins is still out. And then uh, you know, when is Clay going to play back-to-backs, which I think is a, a positive sign Absolutely. from the last week. The Warriors have, I believe, three sets of back-to-backs coming up, but a couple of them are right out of the chute here. The young player's inability to bring it back to Wiseman and Wiseman's inability to just not – wreck a game with an 11 and 5 minus 9 is I think an extension of why the Warriors are in the in the position they've been in. Yeah, I agree. I think you've hit on the absolute uh, key factor here. Everybody after a season, every team is trying to get better, of course. They're doing things to try to get better. All those things don't work. Some teams actually get worse, but everybody's trying to get better. So if you're the champion, you've got everybody around you like, "We're the best team," but okay, everybody else is doing something. So what were the Warriors counting on this year to be better and it was improvement from the young players because they lost some significant players and they made the decision to get rid of Peyton who helped and now he's coming back he's been hurt so that's neither here nor there but they were really counting to your point on Wiseman improving and contributing and Kaminga and Moody and that's why going back to the interview on Stanley and Guru when Bob Myers was asked maybe you were in that day JD when he, he was asked what do you want, hope to get realistically from these three guys? And he said, you know, if one and a half pay off, we're, we're happy. At that point, I think the Warriors realized, uh, this ain't going to work out the way we hoped it would. And that's one of the huge reasons they're in this current predicament. It's like, okay, the improvement's not coming from those guys, although Kaminga is showing signs of progress. So where does it come from now? Where do we get it? And if Peyton is hurt, then, I mean, you're, <laughs> you've got your star players are, are injured. It's really going to be difficult to keep up in the West when you've got Phoenix and the Clippers and even Denver uh, making some moves. Yeah, you look at Denver, they've been the, the, the best team in the West to this point. Phoenix, they obviously add Kevin Durant. I think they're primed to make a, a move. I like the Clippers' depth with adding Gordon and Plumlee and Bones Island. And, you know, they, they – 
They might get Westbrook, though, so we'll yeah, see. Fasten your seatbelts. I, I laughed. I, I forget who said it, but it was it, 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 one of the talking heads, one of the pundits had said, hey, you know, pe- Russell Westbrook determines, you know, he, he where he goes determines who can win the NBA championship. And, and I thought, well, yes, he does. Whoever gets him will not win <laughs> the NBA championship. You know how there's Paul George and Morris on the team are telling, they're encouraging the Clippers, sign him, sign him. And to me, that's like when one of your yeah. players commits a foul and you know he committed a foul, then he, he comes over, hey, you got to review that. Sometimes you got to say, nope, we're not reviewing that. In this case, I think the Clippers got to say, no, we're not bringing him in. But apparently there were f- at least four teams that are interested in the Clippers and Westbrook have started talking about a, a possible match. So he, mm, good he, luck. He doesn't seem to fit with them based on the other players that they've added to this point. Like, why do you go get Bones Highland and you get Eric Gordon? And I, I know Eric Gordon plays more of a forward role now than, than he used to, but why would you do that? And then you get Westbrook and Westbrook has to play at the end of the game. Otherwise he's going to be potentially the yeah. same problem he was with the Lakers. Like you, to me, the flexibility and the part of what could make the Clippers good and even great here down the stretch of the season is they've got some different options as far as closing lineups. Why would you want to? Why would you want to potentially wreck that by throwing Westbrook in there and, and basically saying, "Hey, he's playing every night with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard"? I agree with you. I think the argument is, well, we we need a point guard, but is he even really a point uh, guard anymore? I know no. he can be, I guess, but I don't think that's what he is. No, talented again, maybe can help you win regular season games. I think that's why the Lakers went and got him going back a couple of years now, and it just it, it never worked because you talk about the negatives outweighing the positives. The negatives just outweighed the positives with, with, yeah. with and, Westbrook. So, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, J.D., but I was going to say, um, speaking of teams getting better, I mean, I don't know if LeBron's going to play enough for it to matter, but look how much better the Lakers got. Right? Rui Hachimura yeah. and Vanderbilt and Beasley, they added some nice pieces. They, they did. I think they're Maybe too far gone, although they're only two games out of the play-in tournament, and Oklahoma City's the final team in, so I probably shouldn't say that. Uh, although OKC at this point has more of a cushion on the Lakers than the Warriors have on them, and the Warriors <laughs> are the team directly above them right now at ninth in the West. But w- what is realistic as you look at the Warriors right now, the four seed is is not uh, right now the Clippers at 33-28. and 28. We just saw those two teams play, obviously no Steph. In that one, but I'm I'm looking at the Clippers right now and the Warriors, and it's a two and a half game difference for fourth. Is is fourth still attainable in in your mind in the West with Phoenix and the Clippers? I think primed to move up. I think Sac may dip down out of the top six. I'm not sure they've got a little bit of a cushion, but it's starting to shake out in my mind as if Denver, Memphis. Phoenix and the Clippers are, are going to be the top four when it's all said and done. I agree. I think getting into the top six is doable, but it's going to be a, a, a stretch perhaps. But top four, you know, you never know. Lots of things can happen. But to me, that's not very realistic. Dallas, um, I, I think Luka and Kyrie at the offensive end, I think there's a really good chance that works because Kyrie knows how to play off the ball. He's proven that. But at the other end, I don't know about them. So if they wobble, maybe they're vulnerable. The Pelicans are a good team when they're healthy, but you know Zion is out again. Who knows uh, how much they're going to get out of him, so they could be vulnerable. Minnesota is still kind of uh, a, a, a volatile mix right there. So the Warriors have a chance, I think, 
Six, I think, is about the best they could do realistically, in my opinion. Maybe if maybe five, if as you say, you know, Sacramento's got a, a, a kind of a bumpy ride schedule-wise the rest of the way. But that's if things really start clicking and coming together for the Warriors in a way that, frankly, they haven't to this point uh, all season. No, they haven't to this point. I, I was looking at Dallas while we were talking here, and Dallas is two and three in five games since they made the trade. And I think Luca and, missed some of that, and Kyrie missed and at least one of right, those games. They've only played together in yeah. two of the five. Yeah, and they did, and they lost both games. They lost in, in sack, and they lost to to Minnesota in the two games that they played together. So they're zero and two in those games. They're two and one when they're two and zero when Kyrie's played, and then they're you know Luca played the one game, the final game before the break without Kyrie. They lost that game. So it's kind of as expected, I think, for Dallas at, at this point. I think they're they're clearly hoping that they can be top six. I don't think they have the the dramatic push that maybe a Clippers or a, or a Suns ends up with. I don't think so either. I can see why Dallas did what they did. Maybe we talked about this last week. I think Dallas looked at it and said before their trade, they said, we got a nice team here, but this is not a championship team. If we get Kyrie, maybe – maybe we are a team that can can uh, compete for a higher seed. So I understand why they took the risk. I just, I'm with you. I don't think it's going to work. And then, of course, the big question for them is, all right, if Kyrie's interested in sticking around, do they hitch their wagon to him going forward? I mean, if you do, good luck. Good luck with that. But I understand the reasoning of getting for the rest of this year probably the best Kyrie you can get because he's still motivated to show everyone that he's worth the big money. All right, he's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. 888-957-9570. It is Warriors this week here on 95.7 The Game with you until 1 o'clock. The Xfinity Mobile text line is open as well. What's a, a realistic finish to this season for the Warriors? There's there's 24 games to go. They're still 500. Uh, they've dipped again on the road of late after starting to get it back together a little bit. You, you look at the Warriors going into the break, and, and they they everybody's beaten Portland. They can't beat Portland. They fall uh, against the Clippers. They they lost the the games to to Minnesota and Denver before that. So they had started to gain a little bit of traction compared to where they were on the road, but now four straight on the road in the loss column leading into the All-Star break. Injuries, a part of that, of course, but and they haven't been quite as dominant at home as they were earlier on in, in the year, and it just it's just any more appropriate than 500. I mean, it just that's what they've been 14 different times this season, Whitey, and 29 and 29 yeah. the latest. Do you think they're pretty much a lock to at least make the play-in? I do. Yeah, I, I, I it do. sure looks that way. Well, I, well, one of the more confounding things about this Warriors team this year, and, I, and we were talking about the young players and the inability for them to to really be a factor, and the older players, I think, were coasting early. They wanted to win without playing a lot of defense. They couldn't do it. The, they weren't deep enough. I think, and Steve Cruz mentioned this a lot, they are deeper now, it, it, or the bench has played better, I, I think is probably a better way of, of saying it. But when, when you look at, the fact that, I mean, this team's got, I think the 9-11 and 11 without Curry is, like, you would take that. Yes. and it, You'd but, have to. But the more, one of the more confounding things is they're 20-18 and 18 with Curry. And so that, like, to me, that is, another, like, they haven't won enough, with, and the pieces haven't quite fit to the level that they've needed to with Curry healthy and available. That 20-18, that and 18, you want to be... More like 
25 and 13. Yeah. And and if you're if you know if it's to that level, then we're having a completely different conversation. The Warriors are in that 3-4 spot for sure at this point. To me, those are the two head-scratching things about the Warriors this year. One is the offense hasn't been great. You look at their offensive rating, really around 12th, I think, last time I checked. And I know Steve Kerr has said, no, our offense is fine. We're scoring points. Uh, offensive rating, they're 13th currently. And we think of them as being a better team offensively. Maybe if they defended better and took care of the ball a little better, that rating would be higher. But I still think that's it's been an issue with them and the reliance on the three-point shot and the absolute inability to get to the foul line. So I think that's been one thing that's been a surprise. The other thing, to your point, is how often in close games – the guys that you think you can count on with the championship DNA have failed to come through. And you can, and there's, you know, it doesn't take, it's not hard to just go back this year and look at a handful of games where you can recall, yeah, they, they lost one here. They should have won. So that's been really alarming. And that kind of undermines the, the argument that, well, once they get into the postseason, you know, the veteran players, they did it last year. They can flip that switch. And maybe that's true. I know Richard Jefferson this week said, if they play Denver, if the Warriors play Denver, I wouldn't bet on them, but I wouldn't get bet against them. But the way the Warriors' biggest names, brightest stars, have at times failed to come through down the clutch this year suggests that maybe that switch is not going to be something they can flip once they get into the postseason. Well, I mean, it's that is going to be one of the big questions. And and you ask me, do you do you think they can? Are they a lock to get in the playing tournament? What sent me down the path of saying yes was the fact that they have been. Nine and a, they have been stable without Curry, and and you know nobody knows when Curry's coming back. I know he addressed the media Monday before the Washington game, and it does. You know, the Warriors are down that reevaluation hole. Right, they're that, masters of that. that. That they go in, and and that has become commonplace in the NBA. So and so is going to be reevaluated at this point. Doesn't mean he's coming back, but I think in this instance there has been no firm timeline yet. And so I, I think the the reevaluation point of the first day after the All Star break is when you might start to glean some semblance of a timeline. But I think the most likely scenario is he's going to come out and they're they're going to come out on the twenty third, that first day back. Steph Curry update: he's going to be he's progressing well and he'll be reevaluated in a week. Or yeah, 10 maybe days mm-hmm. or whatever it is. He'll be back at practice or not, or back, you know, back doing basketball activities, which he hasn't done. That was the big tell to me, was that Steph had said he's not doing any court work yet, and so, and he hoped to get court work in beginning right after the All Star break. So to me, that is a week to ten days minimum of lead up. And I don't know if you've looked at the schedule coming out of the break, but the Warriors have six games in nine nights with mm-hmm. a couple of back to backs bookending it. They play the first two, and then they play. The last two. So even of, if Steph's back, it's not like he can play every one of those games, even if he is. Right. And yeah. and if you assume that he's not, which I do think it's fair to assume that he's not back, it, it and just the layout of the schedule, I mean, the most realistic, he's probably not playing in any of those six. Mm-hmm. And so then you've got 18 games to go. I know Bob Myers at, at, was on with Steiny and Guru this week, and he kind of hemmed and hawed around, you know. I, we we hope he comes back. I think at one point he said, and and he and then he he followed that up with he will. But there was an undertone of just unsure as to exactly when, and and more leading down a path of what seemed like reading the tea leaves later than sooner. Yeah, um, I because I think it's been in a lot of people's minds the thought that oh well he's going to be back shortly after the All Star break. It it just it. 
it seems like we're talking more getting into March 10 or 15 days at a minimum yeah. at this point. So the the hopes for the Warriors to turn this season around, to salvage this season, if you will, they hinge on, as they always do to a degree, but they hinge on unknowables. I mean, if Steph can be by playoff time healthy and ready to go, and if Peyton is at a point where he can contribute consistently, then even if they end up in the play and it's hard to say, well, that team can't win. Uh, you know, nobody would want to play the Warriors if that's the case, but um, they're keeping their fingers crossed on these things. And even if those things do happen, um, it's going to be tough to keep up with the improvements that we've seen from the Clippers and especially uh, the Phoenix Suns. You could question the Suns' depth a little bit, but I mean, look at Josh Okogie. I mean, can Kevin Durant beat him out for a starting spot? So that well, those two teams are really coming on. He's been terrific, and, yeah. and the Warriors would love to have a Josh Okogie. Yeah, I mean that's the uh, you you kind of laugh, but he's no, he's, he's playing a, great. He's an excellent yeah. defender. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's and he he's healthy and mm-hmm. he's an excellent defender. And you know, offense has always been the issue with him, but but he is that defensive wing slash guard that that you covet really mm-hmm. i mean in, in in many ways if the warriors had a josh Kogi, they wouldn't need to go get gary payton the second right right you know at, at that point or feel that they needed to so eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero what's a realistic finish for the warriors do you think they can still win a title could they win a title even out of the play-in tournament and does this team have the ability to to flip the switch again like last year's team we appreciate everybody who's watching us this morning on YouTube and Twitch as well, although it looks like I'm Whitey Gleason on, on YouTube and Twitch, and you're at JD John Dickinson. But uh, gotcha, you get it. <laughs> but, uh, you you get it. Uh, so yeah, we appreciate everybody listening. We appreciate everybody watching. Uh, can this team flip a switch? I will get into it coming back. If we it, can flip our switch, I think they can flip their switch. I, I yeah, good, good, well said. <laughs> and I just. I just feel like last year's team was so much better. We'll, we'll get into some of that coming back. A lot of people flooding the Xfinity mobile text line, Whitey, yeah. wanting to discuss the buyout market. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into the buyout market as there are a couple of big names that the Warriors might have interest in, but it looks like they're going elsewhere. We'll discuss that. It's all coming back here. Warriors this week, we're off and running on a Saturday here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. All right, off and running here on a Saturday. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason with you until 1 o'clock, 888-957-9570. We'll get to some phone calls here coming up in just a moment, Whitey, but uh, the text line just blowing up. You mentioned buyout market. Yeah. You mentioned buyout market, Whitey, and the texts start flooding in. What about this guy? What about that guy? I know we were chatting a little bit during the break. Warriors haven't been linked really to anybody in, in the buyout market. They do have the the one roster spot available still but is that going to go to Anthony Lamb is it going to go to Ty Jerome the Warriors have to kind of hold out on that uh any anybody strike your fancy on the buyout market no uh (laughs) I don't see a fit there for the Warriors I don't want to throw a bunch of names out because I know we're going to talk about all of them here in just a minute I can imagine who the text line GMs want to sign I don't see a real good fit there it's an interesting point you make about no one's been linked to the Warriors They've been linked in terms of media members going, hey, maybe that guy or that guy, but there's been no actual reporting on the Warriors and anybody having any uh, mutual interest. Well, and it's been a lot of names, uh, and you know, from Boogie Cousins uh, to Russell Westbrook. No, that's more of a we don't want Russell Westbrook, and and I think a couple we had a couple people saying, hey, go here, go there, because that'll ruin their chances of winning the title and and be good. For the Warriors, uh, Serge Ibaka. Yeah, I knew he was. Serge Ibaka's names come up a lot. I don't think he can play anymore. Kevin Love, who has been linked to Miami, it sounds like the the latest reporting this morning is that that Miami's the favorite, and that that is something that could even be official at some point here in the next few hours. My understanding, and I think last week or the week before, I'd said I don't know if Cleveland's going to let him go because I'd read somewhere that they weren't, and that was wrong, and I said it, so that's on me. But my understanding of Kevin Love's situation, maybe you have more information. He wants to play. He wants to go somewhere where he knows he's going to get minutes. And if I'm the Warriors right now and I look at, uh, you know, the relic that used to be Kevin Love, and I'm thinking, I got you, Michael Green, who's going to probably give me pretty much the same things right now. And I certainly am not in a position where I can guarantee Kevin Love more minutes than he's been getting in Cleveland. I kind of like the Kevin Love thought. With the Warriors, although, again, he wouldn't, you're right, he wouldn't be playing any more than maybe yeah. 10 to 15 minutes yeah. a game. Well, the but last I, 12 games, he didn't play at all. He, so, yeah. And I, I like his, I do like, in a vacuum, I like his skill set for the Warriors, his passing ability, no his question. shooting ability. Mm-hmm. He's not great defensively. Obviously, he'd have to play five at, at this point. He's just a high basketball IQ guy. So I, I like that in theory, but... I just don't think, to your point and what had been reported about his desires to play, the Warriors couldn't promise him a significant amount of minutes. And so I think that's where they find themselves, in addition to already having that roster slot filled, 
with with uh, Jamichael Green, that that keeps Kevin Love out of the equation. He's also been struggling with his shot a little bit. You know what he's shooting this year? And I think he there may Overall, be the injury. Yeah. Uh, he's at uh, 38.9%. Yeah, and, you know, it's like, well, he's Kevin Love, but that's he has not been. three point shooting. That's overall yeah, shooting. Yeah, three points at 35. So, yeah, uh, Kevin Love, he's not shooting well. As you say, he doesn't defend well. It's the same thing with some of these buyout guys. It's like, I don't think he's that guy anymore. It reminds me of uh, last year. Remember, Philly went out and they got, because Doc's thinking, ah, DeAndre Jordan. Uh, he was so good for me. We already knew, like, that guy can't play anymore. And Philly got him, and he's just, no, he's not that guy anymore. The 5-1-0 Warriors have, been, have had very little success in the buyout market. Players pick other teams. I think Kevin Love is somebody who might come because of his relationship with Clay. The Dubs need to add a big man for depth. I, I think part of it hasn't been a failure. I think part of it is the buyout market is a little bit overrated. And I, I heard Steve Kerr in one of his press conferences, I can't remember if it was Monday or Tuesday, one of these last two games, it just he he said, you yeah, know, buyout market, everybody loves talking about it, but there isn't really a, a lot of players that can truly be impactful. Nice. I think it's been more by design that the Warriors, it, because they favor continuity in their system and players that have been around, I just don't think they believe there are too many players that can come right in from another squad and, and really even that are even worth their time. Don't you think the buyout market is really best suited for a team that's very close and maybe has one specific area that they want to tweak? And then it's like sometimes you get a guy that's like, hey, this guy, he's motivated to come in and help a yeah. good team win. I, yeah. I, I think I think what you just said is Gary Payton the second. <laughs> the Warriors got their buyout player. Huh. They're buying him yeah. from Portland yeah. as an injured player, and they're going to pay him $8 million a year the next two years, plus whatever's remaining this year, and they're going to pray he can play. Uh, he's going to be fine. You'll see. He'll be fine. Well, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. He'll be great. Yeah, the, yeah. The folks on YouTube and Twitch <laughs> saw you with your fingers no, crossed. You said no, no. I really uh, hope he is. I, there's he, one name. Uh, oh, new one, Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony. A lot. The, the, yeah, Carmelo Anthony. Here's, here's why fans love the buyout <laughs> and market. And Demarcus Cousins. Fans love the problem buy- solved. Fans love the buyout market because it's big names at cheap prices. Yeah. Okay. And but a lot of the times the buyout market and Steve Kerr didn't say this, but I'm going to take it a step farther than he did. A lot of times these dudes are washed. Exactly. A lot of times the guys on the buyout market are washed. It reminds me, and that's JD. a reason why they haven't been playing with the team that they run or the team that just acquired them via trade as. Filler. I remember my dad used to be a sports writer in Vallejo for the Vallejo Times Herald, and he would uh, come home and for for dinner, uh, and he would tell me about you know the NFL teams. Oh, this guy got released. That guy got released early. You know, be, before the season started. And some of these sometimes it was big names, and I'd wonder how can teams let those guys? Yeah, hey, he's go? a good player. Yeah, exactly. But you know how it is in football. Once you lose it, that's it. You're done. And it, it's, it's a similar thing going on now with some of these names. I agree with you. So whoever it is, it's like a lot of times. He's unfortunately not that guy anymore, so he really is not going to be able to help you in the in the way that you would wish. I, Kevin Love is very interesting to me. I've always liked watching him play, and I think he's a good fit in a lot of ways. It just doesn't sound like he really has much interest in coming here, whether the Warriors have interest in him. I don't know. There's one name that I did leave out that we'll get to coming up here. I, I jotted it down. I drew a circle around it. Oh. Although I think this player would be redundant. Huh. Based on... Their recent most. When recent are you going to tell us? Acquisition. We're going to tell you in just a couple minutes. Okay. Um, maybe five minutes. Come, we get we right. get a couple of calls here. I don't want to keep right. the people waiting. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. 
Let's get it going with Will in Oakland up first here on Warriors this week. What's going on, Will? Hey, Will. What's happening? Um, to start it off, you guys have literally the greatest show of all time. So wow. that was a compliment. Appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah. What do you guys think about what do you guys think about them trying to make a move for Aiden? <laughs> okay, thanks, Will. Appreciate it. De- DeAndre Ayton? DeAndre Ayton? <laughs> Next year? So. I was going to yeah. hire Will as my agent, and then he said, <laughs> go. But he thinks big. Maybe he's your guy because he's, you know. You uh, can't get DeAndre Ayton brand, now. Uh, ideas. No, I don't think so. No. He's actually been playing really well. He's a really important part of them. The whole thing for them is if Paul stays healthy, right? And KD, too, to a degree. Well, it's K- but, to me, it's KD. Yeah. I mean, it's it's KD and Booker, and, and you make that move. I mean, you make that move because it's KD, and you feel like you're going all in. But uh, the other part that I liked about Phoenix doing that deal is I don't think they could run it back with the team that – like, that team now has too many playoff demons with Aiton and Bridges and mm-hmm. Johnson and, and CP and, like, and Booker even included in that. To me, that mix, and I think they were on the path toward getting it going anyway. Like they, they were making a push after they. That's had, an interesting point. They had yeah. played a month to six weeks without Booker or Chris Paul, and and had gone from eight or ten games over five hundred down to about three. I mean, they were awful. They were like two and fifteen. Or, I still don't know what happened to them last year, and I know the company line is everybody got COVID, but that was that was disastrous. What happened to them against Dallas? It, it was. And I, and I think that to me, that's now two years in a row. You got the two, nothing lead in the finals you yep. lose to the bucks. So to me, you were not, you weren't winning a, you could have made a run. You weren't winning a title with that, with that core group that was done. So to, to pick now is the time that you go all in. I think the timing of it is, is really perfect. It also coincides with the fact that, that Chris Paul is, is clearly on a decline. Yeah. And so you don't want him to be your second best player. Right. You want him to be your third or your fourth best player, depending upon Aiton, who might be your third on certain nights, and obviously Booker and Durant are, are some combination of your one and the two. So you, you become a Booker-Durant-based team with Chris Paul on the fringe, and you, know, you add Terrence Ross and you know, some other things. They still have some of the other – Older player, they have some good players. Damian Lee's helped them. They've had, they have some good players. Tory Craig helps them. Like they, they've got some. He's a pretty good defender. Some better be. role players, I think, than than they get Shamit, credit for. Yeah, who's hurt now? So, yeah. so I, I like the timing of the move for Phoenix to try and to try. All right, you're going all in on Durant. Well, you weren't going to win it with what you had anyway, so you might as well yeah. take the shot on Durant. And he's under contract, and if he can stay healthy, then you've got Booker and Durant and everybody else. I think they. I got to see Durant actually be healthy, and and you know they're a team looking significantly in the buyout market. But I I think Phoenix, I don't want to quite call them the favorite yet because I think it's a little bit disrespectful to Denver. But I'd put them ahead of everybody else other than Denver at this point, including Memphis and the Clippers and and anybody else. Yeah, I have to wait and see how they gel before I put them ahead of the Clippers. Um, but I'm I understand your point, and as far as Will goes, thank you very much for the kind words. Appreciate that. And because you were so nice, I, I don't want to. I don't want to crush your eight and dreams. I think he was running material. <laughs> Greatest show ever. Yeah, I'm about to hire that's him. That's right. I, I may yeah. or may not be looking for an agent. I'm yeah. about to hire him. And yeah, and then hey, listen to this. Hey, you guys are the greatest show ever. I think the words you get eight and yeah. click night night. <laughs> Scott and Berkeley. Scott and Berkeley's not running any material. We know that. What's going on, Scott? 
Well, thanks for thanks for the uh, acknowledgement that at least I've come up with some relatively good takes. I just, um, I get you know I was thinking about it when they when they said that Cleveland was buying out Love, and I said you know defensively he's going to be abysmal. But the thing about Kevin is that he may be the last great under the rim rebounder. He's like his godfather Wes Unseld. And the other thing I keep thinking of is that if the Warriors really wanted to push it, you know, him getting a rebound and snapping an outlet would be, would be, I think, good. And again, I mean, we're talking, the thing is, the Warriors' legacy to me has been a team that has operated by unconventional means insofar as how they got to being a, being a title contender which is which is why the Wiseman Wiseman pick really didn't work out because it was a conventional pick. There, you know, there's a lot to wonder about with Love, obviously because of the age. And I just saw a report where um, I I think they said he was going to talk to Philadelphia first, and and I was kind of interested in that because I I heard that part of the agreement with the buyout was that he wasn't going to stay in the Eastern Conference. So there's, you know, maybe there's something there, and I'm kind of like leaning toward it and thinking, maybe that works for some reason. Because, uh, again, I mean, Wiseman was never going to be able to go to flare out to the baseline, catch a pass, and throw it between his legs back to Steph, who's coming on the curl around for the three, the way that Bogut or Zaza used to be able to. Thanks, thanks for the call, Scott. I, I think Kevin Love does make sense from a basketball standpoint. Again, the Warriors are not going to ask him to play a lot of minutes. At least they wouldn't. And you don't have to trade Clay to get him this time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> going back, going way in the way back machine. Some of the, the great moves that were not made along this, this yes. Warriors run that, yes. that have really benefited them. Look, I, I it looks like he's going to Philly or Miami. Yeah, there, it was reported that he's going to meet with, with Philadelphia as well, although Miami appears to be the, the favorite at this point. I, I don't think, and there's been nothing to, to even you know out remotely indicate that the Warriors would have any interest other than, hey, he's a, he's a from an offensive standpoint, a player that I do think would fit their system mm-hmm. and, yeah. and help their basketball IQ. And he is a terrific rebounder. And, yeah, the rebounding and the outlet pass. And, I mean, he, he does he's a skilled player. Skilled player. Yeah, I'd love to see it. I know the last couple of years there's been talk in the offseason about maybe Kevin Love, Kevin Love, and all the points you just laid out have always made that a really attractive uh, option. I just At this point of his career, right now he's 34 and he's fallen off a little bit this year. I don't think he's the fit that he used to be just because of the decline in his skills. And also the big thing is the minutes he's going to want. I don't think the Warriors are in position to give him the opportunity to play that he's looking for right now. And and where truly, do, you know, yeah, they just where truly would the fit be in terms of the roster with, as you mentioned, Jamichael Green playing the way that he's playing, and and his he'd uh, almost be a Jamichael Green insurance policy, and he probably has no interest in being that. In right. A way. It, it, exactly. I'd love to see it. I just don't think it's going to happen. No, no question. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. All right. Let's get to the the name. Of the, mm-hmm. the, that has popped up a lot here via the Xfinity Mobile text line as far as buyout candidates. Okay, what about Patrick Beverly? Patrick Beverly, who I I I deem Patrick Beverly to be redundant because you just went and traded for Gary Payton the second. The five five nine immediately disagreeing vehemently. Five five nine Xfinity Mobile text line. Pat Bev is not redundant. 
GP2 may not get back to where he was. Pat Bev is a great insurance policy. He tweeted last night something or other. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. He liked the idea. He tweeted last night he liked the idea. I To me... Pat Bev for defense until Peyton gets back. Mm, I, no, I don't... To me, it's... I, I, if, if you didn't have Gary, I'd be open to it. He... I don't think he's worth the trouble anymore. You know, he's wired a little differently, and he's very intense. And, and I mean, why didn't it work out with the Lakers? He didn't give them what they wanted from him. Uh, I don't I, think I, they were good enough in other areas to carry him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Carry him what? Where, his where, deficiencies. Where, yeah, and he is not a great shooter anymore. Decent, three, decent, halfway decent three-point shooter. And I don't think he's the defensive player he was. And, you know, there's a lot of baggage there that when he was playing well, uh, you know, he was a big part, I, th- I think, of, of Minnesota's success last year because he, he brought some of that dog mentality, and the Warriors certainly could use that. But now I think he's a, a, a dog who's more bark than bite. So I'm not surprised that he's still available. Yeah, that's that's been coming up. That's been, His name's been up a lot. Uh, 415 in response to Kevin Love. Uh, we already have a, a geriatric forward. In Iguodala, <laughs> different positions there. Yeah, but and is Iguodala uh, they've got traded to Orlando, right? And they're the ones yeah, that uh, parted the ones company that, with them, right? Exactly. Yeah. He's been on a lot of teams the last couple of years, no doubt. I, I think that they're. It's interesting. He, if you, if the Warriors had stood pat at the deadline, and let's say Wiseman was still on the team, and we knew Wiseman wasn't going to play, whether he was still on the team or not, and you didn't go get anybody to address the team. I, I do think he would be a fit. Although, again, Peyton guards a few more positions and, and just fits into the Warriors' offense better. I mean, they, they basically can throw Peyton on anybody one through four defensively, but then he can play the dunker spot offensively, or they can put him in the corner to shoot threes and a shot that he's improved over the course of his career that, that teams are probably going to give him. So he is, and I know the Warriors have laid this out, a unique fit in a way that if he's healthy can help the Warriors more than probably any other team. That was the sense I got from watching him a little bit in Portland. It was It's kind of like what we just said about Pat Bev. Yeah. They weren't good enough in other areas to even carry him when he was able to play in the last 10, 15 games. Yeah. Pat Bev, real quick, his shooting has really fallen off the last couple of years. And the um, these numbers can be a little misleading because they're team numbers, not individual numbers. But, you know, his calling card is defense, of course. And they were worse with him on the floor uh, defensively. Um, he he kind of hurt surprise them. Me. Yeah, they were like 112. Off, his offensive rating, 112. Defensive rating, 115. So I see what you're saying. I mean, if you didn't, didn't have Peyton and you're looking, how in the world can we upgrade our defense? Because I think we all agree that's the biggest area of concern for the Warriors. So I don't think he's it. And then Peyton, here's the thing about Peyton, J.D., because I thought of him a lot this year before we had any idea the Warriors going to trade for him. So they let him go, and he was so great last year. They could have kept him to this point. And even if he had been healthy, I don't think there's any way he would have played as well as he did last year because he played out of his mind last year, right? At both ends. He He was phenomenal last year. So I'm still excited about him coming back if he can play. But the biggest thing, as I say, is the fact that if he's healthy and he can play, he improves you defensively. And that's the real sore spot for the Warriors. 650 on the Xfinity Mobile text line. Pat Bev, not redundant. The Warriors stink at closing games this season. Would would Patrick Beverly really be on the floor at the end of games? I mean, I, I would he? 
Not oh, if over I were who. Yeah. I mean, you know who's you know Stephen Clay and Wiggins and Draymond are going to be out there for sure. And so it's like we've discussed a lot. Who's that fifth player going to be? It might be Looney. Might be Poole. Might be Iguodala if he was ever healthy. Might be DiVincenzo, I think, has put his name in the hat. Uh, and somebody that can defend and be a, a high IQ ball mover. I, I, I just don't. He wouldn't be finishing games. No, I don't think so. Um, again, uh, we've been saying this about the buyout market players. I think he's another example of a guy who's he's not that guy anymore. I mean, I think there's a reason why. We'll see what happens. Maybe he ends up signing with somebody really good. But, the, you know, everybody can use on-the-ball defense. And there are a lot of good teams right now looking to sign somebody to help make the push. And he's still out there. So that tells me something. We'll have to wait and see where that goes, but he's been now the last couple of years with the Clippers and he was in Minnesota and the Lakers and Orlando and they don't want him. Now maybe he's going to be on another team. I think that tells us all we need to know about the, his career arc. I, I do think it's funny that there are a certain portion of Warrior fans that would be willing, given Beverly's oh, yeah. antics, right. over the, to be able to, to be willing to take him on. Well, once Richard Sherman helped the 49ers, I think, you know, all that stuff, a lot of that stuff you got to throw out the window, right? I would think, I would think a lot of Warrior fans would be like, he's, He's trash, basura. Yeah, get him yeah. out of here. I don't want the, don't want any of that negative energy that that can be attached to. Well, putting that aside, but kind of related to that, from the Warriors' culture standpoint, do you see that that potentially would would they be okay as long as he guarded people or his? You know, he's a different kind of cat. Yeah, I I don't. I, if he could defend, I think he'd be fine. If he if he could actually defend at a certain level to help them, I I don't. His personality wouldn't be a problem. In fact, I think I, I think it actually could help you. I, mm-hmm. I having a pest. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm sort of with the texters on that. All right, on that part of it. Like I wouldn't worry about the antics or him taking a, a the, taking a video camera out to the taking the camera out to the official. <laughs> I thought that was great, by the way. I, I, I thought that was great. I Everybody hated that. Like it was the most egregious. He was thing. right. Yeah, that was pretty clever. There actually. was like a there was a there was a remember when Randy Moss did the fake moon that. At, was a disgusting and, act. Yeah, yeah. yeah at Lambo. Yeah, and Joe Buck like <laughs> thought it was like the most horrific yes. thing he'd ever seen yes. in his yes. life. I, I felt like there was a similar reaction to GP going up to the official with the camera that said, "You guys blew the call." I thought no, that I, was awesome. I'm not the biggest uh, Pat Bev fan in the world, but I'm with you on that. I thought that's pretty clever. And it's like, there you go, you missed it. Yeah. <laughs> That's just, I don't know. I thought that was pretty. I thought it was great. And it just, yeah, I, apparently I was the only one that thought that. Oh, how could you do that? Don't you think right now, if Peyton's healthy, he's a better offensive player than Patrick Beverly? Say that again. If both of them, if, if he's healthy, Peyton is a better offensive player. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you bring I, in Patrick in a, in Beverly. In it helps the Warriors. I think yeah. Beverly over his career has been able to knock down some threes. Yes. I'm talking about where he is now. Yeah, you're right. So my point is that let's you put him on the floor with Looney and Draymond and Patrick Beverly. It's like, where's the offense coming from? So that's an issue, too, with him right now. 888-957-9570. Let's go to Austin in San Jose next here on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Austin? What's going on, guys? Hey. Always great to talk to you guys. Listen, uh, I'm a little surprised that you guys are letting uh, the trade slide. I mean, I know it's great to talk about GP2. We all love GP2, but let, let's be honest. The trade, the Weissman thing, is, is, a, is a scratch. It's, it's a head scratcher. I mean, we, we basically traded Weissman. Not that I wanted Weissman to stay, but we traded Weissman for a guy that can't play. And as we talk about the buyout market, you know, I don't think we need to go get any of these uh, you know, these these guys have been around forever, uh, like Beverly. I mean, Beverly would be great. But we, let's go get a younger, uh, 
younger young guy that can just rebound and put the ball back in the hole. We don't need to go get any of these Kevin Love. No, we don't need Kevin Love. But uh, I, I think um, the Clippers just released a young center um, that might be available. I mean, go get a guy like that, a little bit younger, and can, can rebound and put it back in the hole. That's that's my input. But I'm surprised you guys haven't said more about Bob Myers. And really what I deem is a basic really screw up on the uh, – with trade with Bison. We didn't get anything. We let Sadiq Bay go, which Sadiq Bay would have been a nice fit. I mean, I'd like to hear you guys talk more about that. Thanks. Yeah, uh, we talked a lot about it last, last week, week. Yes, on the we show, did. and and I'm on record. I would not have done the deal. I, and I, I've said that. And I would have. But and, yes, and, yes. You know, I I went in pretty hard on that mm-hmm. last week and and even a little bit this week. It's still relevant. Some of the postgame sure. shows. Sure. I, once Gary Pay, I understand why the Warriors did the deal. I understand that they were done with Wiseman. I understand the financial component of of that. And I also understand, if healthy, Gary Payton II does bring them back, somebody that would plug right into their rotation as the eighth or the the ninth, depending upon where where you view Kaminga. I think if healthy, he's probably eight. Kaminga's probably nine. I I think you know that's a low-key reason you make the deal, I think, too, is it takes a little bit less off of Kaminga in the playoffs having to play a lot because you would have Payton who can play some of those minutes. So, but that all being said, at the point in which he was a failed physical player, I would have vetoed the deal. And, and and to me, I've said not only that, but the fact that the Warriors really do need to be scrutinized closely for Peyton's ability to play. If Peyton can't play at any point between now and the end of the year, that is a problem and and that the trade should be graded accordingly like the, the final verdict on this trade is not in right at this point and you know it actually won't be for years most it, likely it won't be for years but i'm i'm not giving the warriors a pass on that and to me it's it's less about the wiseman part and what wiseman becomes because i think wiseman was never going to become that player here you know maybe if they waited 3 4 years which they didn't have the time to wait to me it's more about now is Peyton actually useful and able to play? And if he's not, then it's a horrific trade because Peyton's not, he's making money the next two years. He's under contract for two more. I mean, you could have a guy that can't play for the next two years because of different injury here and there. And I'm assuming that they have a reason to expect he'll be healthy. I don't know that. Clearly. But yeah, so I'm assuming that I may be in the minority, Austin. I said last week I would have made the trade. I understand why the Warriors did it. I think uh, it's part of the reason it's hard to understand some of it is because I think it had to do with things that we don't like to think about when it comes to trades. Like, well, we traded away this guy who was number two pick and got this guy who was hurt. But I think the financial component, as J.D. mentioned, I know J.D. understands it. Everybody understands it. I think that was huge. It's like this guy, we couldn't play him. The coaches couldn't play him, and we have to pay him all this money next year, which really hurts us against the cap. So it'd be great if we were in a situation where we could wait at least one more year to see if he got it. But our coaches don't think he's a good fit. Our coaches don't want to say this, but they don't think he can play. And we have to pay him all this money, $12.1 million times a luxury tax. We send him out. That helps us financially next year. We get a guy that everyone likes, that fits our culture, that really helps us defensively. So I think it was a good move. We'll see if it works out, but I do understand it. It is a trade, as I said last week, that I would have made. Now, if Peyton never plays, as we said last week, that changes the equation a little bit, but I'm assuming the Warriors have reason to believe that he is going to be able to play at some point. 
All right, he's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson, 888-957-9570. We got one hour down. We got two hours to come. Moses Brown, by the way, was the, the big that Austin was talking about. That the oh, Clippers okay. Had just had just waved. All right. Uh, Thank you, so, Austin. I, I, again, Thank you, JD. But if a young, you know, young, if, if Wiseman's not playing, it's, I don't see the Warriors plugging in a young seven-footer. Right. Nothing against Moses Brown. I've actually kind of liked watching him play a little bit when he's gotten opportunities. All right, more of Warriors this week. Straight ahead here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.